He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Do you think do you think I'm I'm reading too far between the lines here, or or have you noticed that trend too? Uh I have, and I think it's a couple things. Um, what you don't do, I, I think it, it, it is. I think people have been frustrated with with Ben for a while, and uh, you and I talked about on the hook. I don't know, several weeks ago, Shaq already got into him because he was fucking with the next generation. You're messing with the money. money. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that is a frustrating thing for a lot of guys, especially some of the older generation NBA guys who mm-hmm. did not have an experience with this, you know, this uh, like freedom of movement and player empowerment kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think that's part of it. But I think a secondary part of it and why it has blown up as much as it has recently in the last couple of days is because that was the regular season and you don't give up playoff games. Right. I like, I think Zion should be playing right now if he can. Yeah. Is, is, will that, will that, will that like further, will that risk further injury going forward? Maybe, but you don't give up playoff games, period. If you are, if you're still alive in the playoffs, I don't care if it's three Oh, if you can come back and help you help, right. You don't, you don't mess around with the playoffs. You do not give away playoff games. Mm-hmm. Would Ben Simmons have made the difference? I don't know. Maybe. Probably not. Would, would he have won them? Would he have, if he had played, would he have, would he have won, would they have won game four and then lost? Maybe. But that's worth it. In the playoffs, like, right, we, we, you and I talked a long, uh, several weeks ago about how people wanted this Lakers season to just be over. Lakers fans just wanted this Lakers season to be over, right? And it wasn't worth it to, you know, didn't even want to make the plan because it wasn't worth it because you're just going to get swept by, by Phoenix. And I said, and I think Jason was in here and said the same thing. You never know. If you have a chance, you fight and you give it everything you got. The Pelicans were a, started the year 1-12, and 12, I think 3-16, and 16, right? Mm-hmm. And they got, they got lucky with, with PG having COVID the day of the game, and they made it. Maybe, it was, maybe they didn't deserve it. Maybe it was a miracle, whatever. And now they fought. Well, and, and then look they get at lucky now Devin again. Booker's all right. Right. And right. now Devin Booker's out. This is why you do not give away chances. You do not give away playoff games. So I think something that is very frustrating for all these for Reggie, for Shaq, for Kendrick Perkins is all right, man, like you didn't want to do this in the regular season. But if you can physically, if you are ambulatory, if you can walk, if you can get out there, man, go give 10 minutes in a playoff game. It's it's the playoffs. Give me something. So I think that has raised the level of frustration. And there was already a level of frustration there. Yeah, the the not messing with the money part, that was the I remember the conversation that you and I had about that. And it's a fascinating one because like Shaq said, you know, his he, he looked now look, Shaq is also Mr. Company Time. So we also have to like take some of this with a grain of salt when it comes to Shaq talking about guys uh missing time and all of this. Um but he didn't he to Shaq's credit and to Shaq's point and to Shaq's generation of players' credit, they did not mess with the playoffs. If they were healthy, they did get out there. And now, did they potentially shorten some of their careers by playing injured? 
Is that something we Absolutely. should continue? Absolutely, sure. Yeah, like they, they probably did. And I would wonder- But, the, if but you, that's why you, the difference between the playoffs and the regular season matters. Yeah, right. And, and, right? and, and that's think, worth it in the to these guys. That's worth right. it in the playoffs, right? I'm a dummy. When I played, I, that's why I can barely walk these days, right? Because I always played, I was hurt, whatever. But yeah. these, these guys, if Shaq, the company time thing, you, you mentioned it. The company time thing was, all right, man, like I'm not getting, I'm not getting surgery till the regular season starts. All right, maybe right. I'm going to miss a little time. I'm going to coast during the regular season, but I'm going to give you what I got in the playoffs, right? Kobe was a different breed. Kobe would, you know, Kobe went out and shot free throws on a torn Achilles and always was playing with a finger broke, like all of it, right? But look at Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is yeah. struggling. Torn ligaments in there. his hand. Yeah. But he's out there. Right, you give them what you got in the playoffs. I'll go get surgery when our season's done, which may be coming up pretty shortly. But I think that is the that is really the thing that has pushed these guys over the edge. Is that like, all right, man? Like I, I was kind of losing respect during the regular season with all of this, but come on, man, it's the playoffs. You don't like you don't give up playoff chances. Period. And playoff revenue, like you, you don't. You uh, don't yeah, mess, that's true too. Yeah. You don't you don't mess with the playoff revenue that is generated when everybody's eyes are on that situation. Like the other night, uh, it was a couple games ago, but they show a clip of Zion Williamson going out there and windmill dunking. I think it was right. a windmill 360. And like, if I'm, if no, I'm it was a Pelicans between fan, his legs, between his legs. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. If I'm a Pelicans fans, I'm watching them. I'm like, wait, that guy isn't healthy enough to play since when? I, I agree <laughs> with you. I agree with you. And I wonder if it's, I, I, I suspect it's him saying, he doesn't feel right or he doesn't want to. I might be wrong about this. I mean, because they've turned over the whole staff in, in New Orleans the last few years, the medical staff, they don't share it with the Saints anymore. But yeah. I suspect that if Zion was like really pushing to play, I think they would probably let him. I don't think he's been like physically ruled out. I don't know that he's been cleared yet. But if Zion was pl- saying, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing and putting pressure on the organization, I think they probably let him. So I suspect, I don't know this, but I suspect he is the one like pumping the brakes on that, which then makes it weird that he's going out and <laughs> doing the dunk well, contest before games. Well, it's funny. It's like I, when I talked to, to Jake Madison, who covers them for, for my old employer, he was basically saying that like actually the Pelicans are trying to pump the brakes on Zion. Like n- here's the thing. Both, of, both sides are there, especially the Pelicans. The last thing that you want out there as an organization is, yeah, we're the organization that forces players to play, right? So like all of this, like there's always been involved when it comes to the reporting and, and the telling of various sides of every situation. Zion, I, I don't know why he would, now maybe he didn't think or know that the, the cameras were rolling there maybe, and that's the explanation for, for, for dunking like that. No, no, as, because he put, he, put out, he put out his own, he also did. Yeah, like, you're right. Yeah. So it's like I, IG or Twitter or something. Yeah. No, no, no. He I don't, plus, I don't. plus he, for, for most of his, his ramp up and most of his rehab process. Yeah. He's not doing anything until when he, when he's practicing or scrimmaging, he's not doing any of it very specifically. He's not doing any of it when any media can be around to take video of it. So yeah, I, yeah I'm not, I'm not buying that excuse from him. If that is his excuse, I'm not buying that. Last thing before we move on, cause there's one more topic I wanted to hit on. Um, but with Simmons, does this imp- like? I don't think he had the greatest standing within the league already. Um, does this make it so? Like, how, how does he rehab this image issue that he has currently? Where 
Look, and, and I, I want to be clear. If he is really going through any kind of uh, mental issues here, mental health issues here, then I'm not painting that as a an image issue. I, I, I want to be absolutely clear. If he is going through that stuff, he has to get that help. That may not be and, your opinion, but it is uh, it is the opinion of his peers. Right. Well, all right. So so that's that's the that's the you know, uh, that's the topic that I wanted to, to touch on here is if there is a perception or, or given that there's probably a perception of, yeah, this guy just doesn't have that kind of those competitive juices. How does he rehab that if he's unwilling to get out onto the court? And if he can't rehab that, then like, are we looking at a potential uh, Royce White situation here? Uh, uh, I just actually saw Royce the other day. That's funny. Um, he was in the, uh, they do a uh, crew league. They do a like basketball league with rappers. And anyway, uh, he was on the team that won. But hmm. um, yeah, he was on, uh, he was on Chris Brown's team that won. Uh, and he, by the way, can still hoop. Um, I'm sure. How, he was great. How does he, how does he, how does he rehab his image? Um, he doesn't. I think, I think it's probably that die is cast. I think enough of it. And, it. and if he is able to, it's going to take years and years and years. You and I have talked before about, how long it takes for narratives to shift even in the face of new information or yeah. contradictory evidence. Um, it, I, I used to talk about this a lot with like JaVale um, when he came to the Lakers, right? JaVale got that reputation as just a goofball and a, and a shacking a fool foil yeah. over and over and over. And even when that's no longer true, that narrative or that that thought of somebody takes so long to shift. It's kind of like um, a scouting report. If you are seen as a non-shooter, it doesn't matter if you go make, you know, 10 threes in a game. Everybody's going to see you as a non-shooter way longer. There's such a lag in scouting reports and in narratives that it probably doesn't do anybody any any service. Yeah, we saw it think- with Rajon Rondo. Like Rondo was a 40% three-point shooter that nobody cared about. I don't think I honestly I don't think Ben can within the league within his peers I don't think Ben can do anything about it. Now, if he shows up for work and is Ben Simmons and is a good basketball player, like they'll he will be welcomed back by by Brooklyn because they need him. But as it relates to kind of like rehabbing his image as not this quitter and not this whether it's true or not not this soft dude, right? This is a professional sports are like a breeding ground for aggro toxic masculinity aggressiveness right like picking at weakness or perceived weakness and mental health issues are they should not be but in professional sports they are seen as a weakness something that to be picked at fans will go after him guys will go after him and try to pick at that to gain an advantage it's a terrible thing but it is what it is i don't think he can rehab his image um, I don't think he'll be able to shake that no matter what he does amongst his peers. Now, again, if he shows up and is Ben Simmons and is an effective basketball player again, then Brooklyn will welcome him. But the guys will welcome him back because they need him. But like league wide, I don't think it's something that he can do. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, I, the, the last topic I wanted to hit on here um, was something I talked about in last night's lowdown. And it's about like, you know, LeBron and uh, the Lakers and the amount of power that he has wielded over the Lakers since he arrived. 
Kevin Durant and the amount of power that he wields over the Brooklyn Nets. Um, it's unprecedented. Wait, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. You see Kyrie? Did you see Kyrie say? Oh my God! I dude. like KD and I co-managed the franchise with Sean Marks and Joe. <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? You don't. You we can't even get you out there to play half the time. What you What you mean you co-manage? You don't even play. Well, we we know that Kyrie likes to do his own research, so maybe he just means he does a lot of scouting for for the scouting department. Maybe that's that's his role within the organization. He should have scouted himself for games two, three, and four. <laughs> He, he wasn't aware that other teams could scout him, I think was the issue that he ran into. Um, but so LeBron and KD have, again, in my, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but from my recollection of the league, unprecedented power over their organizations, right? Where not only, you know, to say that NBA stars have had, have been able to give input in their various stops and, and, you know, Magic Johnson, as will come up in winning time, spoiler alert, uh, eventually asks for the Lakers to trade Norm Nixon. Um, Michael Jordan had his own thoughts on the directions of the Chicago Bulls. Kobe uh, and, and Shaq's little feud is, is obviously very well documented. And Kobe's eventual power over the Lakers is, is probably about as close to this as I would say. But even there, Kobe demanded a trade. Dr. Buss said, no, <laughs> yeah, no I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> um, and, and so, but we have arrived here at this place where LeBron has unprecedented, like to the point where people just openly say around the NBA, yeah, LeBron's a GM. The GM over there is, is the situation with the Lakers. Now um, you have said that I think we've started to see that swing back to it being a little bit closer to traditional Power dynamics within the Lakers. Rob Polinka has said publicly that all of these decisions, basketball-wise, uh, that are being made, I am the final say on that. So that would indicate a shift uh, away from that kind of, you know, the previous power structure that we saw with LeBron. Kevin Durant, though, in in Brooklyn, you know, we saw what happened with Jared Allen and, and DeAndre Jordan, where Jared Allen was at the time the better player of the two. Um, he was yes. traded away. <laughs> he was well, and also away. what Kenny Atkinson was fired for yeah. saying Kenny no, Atkinson, Jared Allen. Yeah. Yeah. Kenny Atkinson is the better coach between him and Steve Nash, and he was let go. So, like, and and by the way, like when people say, like, gosh, I really wish that sports were a meritocracy, there's no such thing as a true meritocracy. Like that that just doesn't exist in the real world. Um, but it it has in some of these situations kind of gotten out of whack where uh again with the Lakers. The Lakers opted to bring back Tillon Horton Tucker in large part um, because of his clutch ties. And in doing so, uh, because the Lakers didn't want to spend money on Alex Caruso, Alex Caruso is a Chicago Bull. Caruso is a better player right now than Tillon Horton Tucker, let alone better fit with the Lakers and what the Lakers needed from that player. Um, and yet Caruso is in Chicago. Tillon Horton Tucker remains in L.A. And, and both of these situations, however, have resulted in zero playoff wins for both of those organizations. And I, we saw it with coaches who had personnel power previously. I'm realizing I'm saying the word P a lot. I don't have a P filter, so I apologize to those of you guys who are listening to this. Um, but with the with coaches... I thought, you were, I, thought you, I thought you were doing the half-white dad thing where you're 
talking about pushing P like you're on a trend. You're just like four <laughs> months too late. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not that cool. Um, and not even as a dad, but like uh, coaches. So Tom Thibodeau, Phil Jackson, Doc Rivers. Um, and there's a fourth one that I always forget. Oh, Stan Van Gundy. I always forget Stan Van Gundy because I can't believe he ever was considered a good enough coach to have personnel power. But like those coaches got that personnel power and it was a disaster in all of those other situations because a, that isn't what that coach is, is best at B there's an inherent conflict between win now coach and plan for the future executive and C because it takes away the coach from both. You can't devote all of your energy to being a really good coach and also all of your energy to being a really good executive. So you get a lesser version of both of that person in both of those spots and it hurts you organizationally. I think we might be seeing that now with LeBron and Kevin Durant in that, like, I'm sorry, regardless of how many times LeBron wants to tell us about the times he stayed up and scouted Malik Monk and scouted Austin Reeves and all these things and scouted Taylor Horton Tucker, like, uh, there are only so many hours in the day and it takes a lot of work to remain LeBron freaking James. There's only so many hours in the day and it takes a lot of freaking work to remain Kevin Durant. And I know that this season having to answer for Kyrie Irving, having to answer for the James Harden situation was exhausting for, for, for KD. So in this long winded way of, of saying this and asking this, Aaron, do you, do you think we might have seen kind of the beginning of the end of the superstar GM type of situation? Not to say that this is the end of stars having input over their organizations and the situations that they work in. Um, but to this extent, uh, I do. Yeah. Um, yes, because I think that with LeBron specifically, and then with KD to a lesser extent, like we're never going to see these guys again. I right? like, uh, LeBron in my opinion is the best player ever, um, will be the greatest player ever when he's done. And, right, KD is a top 10 player or top 11 or top 12, if you want. I think he's top 10, right? So I, I think that these are unique situations. And yes. the other superstar that is in that tier and of that age, right, there's there's some young guys who who may get there. But I think the, sh the shift had already started happening, right? Like, will Luka be an all-time great? Yes. Um, but But that power isn't isn't bequeathed to him anymore because I think some teams saw what was already happening. The only other guy is that was like on that level and of that age and could wield that power is Steph. And he's just not built that way. So mm -hmm. yeah, I do. I do think we have. Seen and we see end. how much better that organization is run than the other two. Like I, I know you got to tell me how delicious Hennessy is here, but the Warriors are. <laughs> it is. It is. In fact, <laughs> it, the, the the Warriors are run more efficiently than the Lakers and Nets. Like, there's just no two ways about it. Uh I mean, look, the Lakers have won a title more recently than the Warriors. Uh, I mean, yeah, that that but, might yeah, be the I mean, case uh, for like look, another month. <laughs> well, yes, I think I think the Warriors should be the fa are are the favorite. They are the betting favorite to win the title yeah. now. Um, but there was also like. You know, there was some consternation there, right? The Warriors were one of the worst teams, or I think maybe the worst team in the league two years ago when Steph got hurt, and then last year missed the plan also. And there's been like a tug and push and pull between, uh, you know, 
Joe Lacob wanting to do the, we're going to be the Spurs and we're going to win titles now and we're going to plan for the future, like yep. trying to thread that. So I think there's been some, you know, some consternation there also. Yeah. They're not perfect, that's for sure. No, no, there's been some, but I do think that, and look, like Steph happens to be like, because of why, his personality and how comfortable he is and what kind of superstar he is and all of that, I think some of that is just like plain good luck for the Warriors. But I think he would be the only guy with the status around the league of like on the same level as LeBron and KD that will have that power. Giannis probably could if, you know, three, four, five years from now he was still in Milwaukee. I think he could wield that kind of power. But like Steph, I don't think he's built that way. So I think we have seen so much of like Mirren Fader documented that, that like there are people around Giannis who want him to wanted him to speak up and, and be more forceful with Bud and the way that he was being coached by Bud. And, and that's just not really how he's wired. But And part of it, as it relates, like the two differences, I, you and I talked about this, or we talked about this in the, in the Silver Screen and Roll Slack the other day. Um, I think it was, or maybe you and I were texting about, because you were kind of like mentioning this topic. And I think part of it is you have to, to be able to wield this kind of power you have to have leverage, right? And you have to have like a hammer in your back pocket. Mm -hmm. And for LeBron and KD, they have shifted teams multiple times. And so you have like the threat of leaving is like the, is the ultimate power play, right? Like LeBron is going to have input because if you don't get it, if he, if he doesn't get it, he could leave. And that has been for Cleveland, for Miami, less so for the Lakers, but that has been right. The, the like, the, the hammer in his back pocket. That is same thing with KD, right? You do what I say or I'm going to leave. You can hold the franchise hostage. He's left OKC. He's left the Warriors. That doesn't seem to be the case with, with Giannis. And it isn't the case. Steph is going to be a Warrior his whole career. Will Steph be the last super, super, superstar all-time great that will play with one team for 15 or 20 years? Like Kobe? Um, maybe. Probably. Will, will Giannis stay in Milwaukee? It seems like it. But... Those guys, like the, the guys that are willing to go somewhere else and will threaten to go somewhere else are inherently, if they are that level of player, are inherently going to have more, they will be able to hold their team's feet to the fire more easily than guys that, you know, are sticking around. And for whatever reason, Kawhi does not have that kind of juice. What's interesting here is that like LeBron and KD, like, yes, I, I don't think the Nets or the Lakers would be thrilled with LeBron or KD leaving. But if they were to leave at this stage, you know, if they were to threaten, like, all right, fine, uh, you don't do this and I'll leave, I think we're, get, we're, we're getting closer to the point where those teams are going to say, you know what, man, like, okay. You know, it's going to be really interesting to see how the extension thing goes down here with LeBron. I, yes. would, I would probably bet, I think, that LeBron signs an extension with the Lakers, but I don't know if he finishes out that extension with the Lakers. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would make that bet. And well, that's, and that's I, part of it also is now we are seeing a shift, especially as these superstars um, are getting older, you are seeing longer term commitments from them, right? Like KD had that, had the opt out stuff with the Warriors. And then even when he first signed with the Nets, you know, was kind of like, okay, let's see how it goes. And then just re-upped for, as extended for as long as he could. And LeBron, when he 
came to the Lakers, had signed for longer, and then uh, extended already and can extend again. And it was like the first time since, you know, in 10 years or something that LeBron had ever signed a longer term deal. So that reduces your power some when you can say like every year you can theoretically become a free agent and every year you're signing a one plus one, that is also going to give you some leverage over the team. And to be absolutely clear, by the way, like this is only because these guys are getting to advanced stages of their careers, right? Like if, if LeBron was still in his prime, if Kevin Durant is still in his prime, both the Lakers and the Nets would be bending over backwards to make sure uh, that they would do whatever it takes to continue to have prime LeBron and prime Kevin Durant on their teams and in their organizations. But as those players kind of show signs of, of, of slippage, uh, LeBron this year, this was the first time in his career, really, that he would miss games be, without being able to point to a uh, specific injury, right, with the knee. The ankle was different. We, could, we all saw him turn his ankle, but the knee just randomly kind of blowing up one morning, that was new. That, I had never seen that before with LeBron. And then this year was the first time I've ever seen Kevin Durant's jump shot blocked. Um, and so with both of these guys, you're, you're kind of starting to see Father Time come knocking on the door, and both of their organizations might be looking at them and saying, look, do we want to work with you? Absolutely. The Lakers definitively want to make it work to the tune of another championship with LeBron James. Obviously. Like that, is, <laughs> that, is, that is me walking outside into the rain that's going on out there and, and, and uh, saying, oh, it's wet. Um, but for those, for, the, for those same Lakers, though, they are also looking at what comes next after LeBron. And do they want to not have access or control over their draft picks until 2030? That's probably something that Rob Palenka is going to weigh out here. And that's something, that is the thing I'm looking for when it comes to LeBron's extension. Is if he signs that extension, maybe it's an indication that the Lakers found a deal that uh, is uh, to, to move Russell Westbrook that makes the Lakers better and uh, makes LeBron more confident in the direction of the Lakers in the, in the, in the short-term future. Um, if he doesn't, or if he, or, or if he signs it and there's some whispers still, it might indicate that, yeah, the, the, the trade market for Russ isn't great. And he's probably going to start kind of planning his, his exodus to wherever Bronny gets drafted to. All of this is on the table. I just find the, I just found it really interesting that the two situations here where superstars had the most power that they have had organizationally in, in league history, both of those situations fell flat on their heads in part because of some of the, I think, short-sighted decision-making that is to be expected of superstars who are looking at these, at these situations as win-now situations and not plan for, for what's best for the organization type situations. That, that's, sure, just, that's, that's how sure, it's going to go down. Sure, sure. And also, like, and I'm so, sorry, hold on. They fell, flat on their fa- they fell flat on their face this year. Well, Again, also because of injuries, the Lakers that's won, fine. The Lakers won a goddamn title. That's fine. But, like, they, they won that goddamn title and then immediately ran in the opposite direction of what won them the goddamn title. You know, like that everybody who's like they the Lakers can prop up the fact they won that championship, but they also have to wear the fact that we're sitting in the spot that we're sitting in right now where I'm not positive the Lakers are going to be able to fix this. 
you know, like that, it takes, it takes a pretty special level of, of, of just screw I'm up working on it. Screw up. I'm working on it. <laughs> it, ta- it takes a lot of screw ups in a row to get from potential dynasty. Like the Lakers were looking at, they won a championship. You still have prime LeBron. You still have prime AD. You had flexibility to, to go out and get the right free agents. You had players on movable contracts. You had a couple first rounders at your disposal to be able to, to add to a championship core. And the Lakers went from that to this. And now, is that all because of, of LeBron uh, having the, the amount of power that he had? No, because at the end of the day, Rob Polinka has a job where he can overrule LeBron. Um, is, the, is the Brooklyn Nets winning one playoff series since Kevin Durant showed up? All because of Kevin Durant not or, or wielding too much power? No, Sean Marks has bowed down and 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 I should have used more organizational power to find a better balance between Kevin Durant wanting, say, DeAndre Jordan on his team and keeping somebody like Jared Allen, who wound up becoming an All Star. Like all of that is true at the same time, and it makes me it it, it really fascinates me to see where the league goes next, where will these organizations that have incredibly talented players, like Luka is on an insane trajectory, Giannis, insane trajectory, Jason Tatum looks like he's heading for greatness himself He isn't if he isn't already there. Will those type of players, when they sit down at, at the negotiating table with these teams and say, hey, I know that you guys are going to pay me with the Supermax, I also want some organizational power here beyond – what is uh, what my peers have? I'm I'm really interested to see how those teams handle those conversations, and it it makes me think at this stage, the the superstar GM is probably going to go the same way as the coach GM, in that like it didn't work out, and we're all just going to move on from it. I think I think that's fair. Um, yeah, I mean I think that's fair. As I said, you know, whatever a few handful of minutes ago. I think the LeBron specifically, but also LeBron and, and KD are kind of unique cases. So I, I, I yeah. don't think you're I don't think you're wrong. Um, last thing here before we get up out of here, uh, there are two game fives tonight. Uh, which which game five are you looking forward to most? Which game five do you think uh, the underdog has a better chance in? Wait, aren't there three game fives tonight? Are there three? No, yeah, way. I think there are three game fives tonight. Oh two of God. them are two two though. Two of them are two two, and one's three one. Uh, oh no, no, I mean, all right, sorry, sorry. Uh, three game fives, but two game fives that are it's, it's a two two. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which one am I most looking forward to? <sighs> uh, I think I think uh, we'll, we'll let's yeah of the two two ones. I, I I'm both of them, but. Which one do I think the the quote unquote underdog has the best chance? I guess I guess Minnesota. I think um, just because they are because I trust even without Devin Booker, I trust Phoenix more than I trust Memphis, and because they're both both teams are so young, I think there can be wild swings in this. So yep, nothing nothing would shock me. So I think. I think Minnesota probably has a better chance than than uh, New Orleans, but I'm I'm looking forward to both of them. Um, and if you told me a week from now that uh, both Minnesota and uh, New Orleans had advanced, 
it would surprise me, but it wouldn't shock me. Who has a better chance tonight? Minnesota, probably. Also because Jaw doesn't look right, his knee, like he does, his the explosiveness is not there. So, but it's uh, there. It's there. There. It's so wide with the young teams. There's so much variance and fluctuation and wildness that I have no idea what to expect. I guess I think Memphis probably wins, and then Minnesota probably wins Game Six. I just I'm I'm pretty sure this one's going seven. So I, I'm looking forward to it because it has been plus like everybody loves to hate on Cat and he comes up with memes and and all kinds of fake voices and nonsense. So that's always that's always fun. Although what are you talking the, about? I've been talking uh, yeah, like exactly. this the whole there time. Although mm-hmm. the uh, the the Grand Theft Alvarado and uh, Herb <laughs> Jones CP3 feud is also kind of fun. So I have yeah. both. I'm looking forward to both, man. But I, I think. Uh, I think Minnesota has a better chance tonight than New Orleans. Somebody called Alvarado uh, Mexican Alex Caruso in my mentions. And as much as I would like to welcome him or, 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 or take credit for Mexican uh, Alvarado, I believe he's Puerto Rican. Um, so I'm taking, Uh-oh. I'm taking, oh. I'm taking, I'm taking the, 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 the Latin player, like hell yeah, Alvarado, like let's go um, in that regard. But, but yeah, not Mexican, unfortunately. So the interesting thing is, one thing that usually doesn't work in the playoffs is the the tryhard, right? The dude that just like I play harder than you, and I'm a pass, and I get in you. It mm-hmm. usually doesn't work in the playoffs, and he has found a way to make that still work in the playoffs. I mean, he can shoot a little bit, and look, he was the ACC player, defensive player of the year, so he's not a nobody. But usually, like the tryhard, the like. Delavadova stuff, which worked yeah. for like half a game against Steph, and then he got destroyed. Like that usually doesn't work in the playoffs uh, because everybody's playing hard. So the dudes that play harder than everybody else in the regular season that doesn't translate. But it is translating, and watching him get under Chris Paul's skin has been fascinating and frankly pretty enjoyable. Yeah, normally it doesn't work, but when you're going up against Chris Paul, weird things in the play in the playoffs tend to work against Chris Paul. Is is all I'm gonna is as far as I'm willing to go there. Oh, Although it's, not, it's it's, del- it's delicious, by the way. Not exactly no one, a shocker no one to find out that he would haul off and try to knock out Herb Jones on that layup. That was that was the least shocking moment of the night. I guess the only thing that would have been less shocking is if him and Jay Crowder had done that at the same time. Um, I'm gonna get out of here before I say something I regret, though. Um, this has been this has been a lot of fun. I apologize for not bringing more people on stage. To be completely honest, we had like a couple requests over the, over the, the course of the thing, um, and Aaron and I were talking about stuff that you know when we talk about mental health. Like, I'm sorry, I, I get a little concerned about about you know people's thoughts on on that because of where the, the stigmas around that. So I made that editorial choice, but I, I promise you guys next time that we do something like this, I'll bring all of you on stage at the same time so you could scream at Aaron um, at, at about whatever it is that you feel like screaming at Aaron about. <laughs> there's there's a, quite a lot of options. Yeah. If we find out that, say, the Lakers are getting ready to, to hire Doc Rivers despite him blowing a 3-0 lead, then you can scream at Aaron and say, Aaron, no. Tell everybody there, no. Tell Kurt, no. No. <laughs> 